Welcome to the Gone Trippin' Podcast. I'm Ren. And I'm Ashley. And we're your hosts for today's podcast. Expect some tangents. You're along for the ride as we interview valued people in the travel industry. From photographers to vagabonds and everything in between. Let us help you make every trip an adventure. Reading the road signs, gone trippin'. One playlist at a time. Gone trippin', odometer's tickin'. My Mountain Dew and Rebel sippin'. I'm a road warrior on a mission You won't find me just sitting home wishing Cause I am gone tripping This episode is brought to you by The Ninth Project. Named after Beethoven's Symphony No. 9, The Ninth Project is a clothing brand that seeks to inspire adventure and the exploration of the unknown. From tees, sweatshirts, leggings, and more, each item uses premium materials with movement in mind. Every purchase plants a tree, and you can even request where your tree will be planted. Save 15% on your entire order using code GONTRIPPINPODCAST at ninthproject.com. It's that time. Drink of the day! Because every road trip starts with a drink. Today's drink of the day is a limited release. Limited release. It's called the Smuggler's Run Tropical Soda. And it's by Ozark Mountain. Now, here's my stretch of how to tie this into today's episode. Are you ready for it? Yeah, because it definitely looks like a pirate drink. Yeah, it's blue. So, Smuggler's Run, right? That means they have like a route that they go to. Mm -hmm. And our interviewee today also does lots of routes because she's a big road tripper. Do you see that, what I did there? It's a giant stretch. <laughs> the last one's a giant stretch too. Maybe this I should just, even, I should just pick it, right? And yeah, just be like, this think, is what we're drinking. Uh, yeah, if it fits, it fits. <laughs> <laughs> you say that like you're not excited to hear well, my craziness. I, I'm excited to try it. Definitely has some like pineapple and coconut in it. It's almost um, kind of like Sonic. They have the, uh, what's it called? Ocean water. It kind of tastes like ocean water a little bit. I don't think this tastes like ocean water. I think this tastes like a blue raspberry pina colada. Isn't that what ocean water is? No. Oh, I thought it was. I thought it was a uh, like. I don't drink ocean water at Sonic raspberry. though. I go for the green apple oh, Sprite. Wait. So, so you can't, <laughs> but I've I had do. it. I only drink ocean water. So <laughs> when I go to Sonic, so. I would definitely get this again though. This is yummy. So I used to work a snow cone shack when I was a kid. I tried every flavor combination, and this does taste like a blue raspberry coconut snow cone. This is delicious. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't normally pick out a blue soda to drink, but that's good enough that I think I would get that again if it was offered. Yeah, it's pretty tasty for sure. And I'm not even a big coconut fan, but it was yummy. Yeah, uh, definitely put that one on your list. Um, Smuggler's Run limited release. We should probably next time we have it, we should chase it against ocean water at Sonic. Yes, I agree. I mean, I don't think it's going to taste like it. Uh, it's going to be pretty close. I think ocean water is definitely a little bit more fizzy, but it's also a fountain. All right. Should we get on to our guest with their own smuggler's run? See, it ties in so nicely. It doesn't. Today's guest is Carla Brown. Uh, you may have recognized that name from episode 37, um, Everyone But Two. So Carla... Set the stage real quick, uh, remind people who may not have listened to episode 37 about your story, about your grandparents' story, and what your mission is right now. Uh, well, as usual, I'll try to make a very long story short, and I won't start with, <laughs> well, I was born in 1976. <laughs> <laughs> but my background is in uh, visual arts, and you know, I'm a creative person, always looking for that story or thing I should be working on. But I say all that to say that there was a point in my life where I realized my grandparents, you know, they were people like I was, and I wanted to find out more about them, you know, their lives besides just being grandparents. And I discovered that my mom's parents were pretty unique, that they started traveling by trailer um, in the 60s. My grandfather had a log, and I realized I had a story that practically fell in my lap, and it made sense to make it a documentary. So I am currently working on a documentary called Everyone But Two about my grandparents' travels that started in 1965. And they traveled to the 48 contiguous states. And my grandfather kept the law. And I've been retracing their steps going to every, well, I've been retracing their steps going to 
at least one place that they've been to in each state. And I've also been able to go to Alaska and Hawaii uh, as a surrogate traveler for them. And those were the two states that they have not been to. That is so awesome. That's the name everyone but two. If you haven't had a chance to go and listen to episode 37, uh, check out everyonebuttwo.com. This is a really incredible story, really awesome. Your grandfather was very detailed in his in his logs and um, really gave you guys something special. And I'm excited for you to share that with the world through your documentary because I think it really should uh, help people really take a perspective of um, how wonderful travel can be for your soul and your family and those around you. Last time we had you on, it was several months ago. Have you been able to visit how many states? Have you been able to do all of them already? Or are you like halfway done? I think by the time I talked to you guys first, I would say I was halfway done at that time. And I was getting ready um, to take my crew. And at that point, it was an extended crew, uh, take them out to practically finish almost the other half. So we went to 12 states in about 21 days on one big crazy road trip. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think you left right after that that, uh, episode. Yeah, we did. We did. So, I mean, if normally when people ask, I would say we're about 99, well, 98% finished with the travel with one more trip coming up in May. And how does that make you feel? Do you feel like a success or do you feel like a little bit sad of like this journey's over? Well, Ashley, it's funny that you asked me that. Um, in a sense, I guess it's, it's a little bit of both because I've been working on this since 2014. So I'm starting to see like the light at the end of the tunnel as far as the project, because, you know, I'm like you, like I want to see this project on the big screen and see how it's all going to come together. That's still something I'm trying to figure out how that's going to happen. Right. Um, in the middle of all this, um, my friend has approached me. Um, well, I actually did a, another podcast with uh, some years ago. She uh, is a mutual friend, um, and she approached me about doing a travel show series. So I'm kind of saddling, finishing the documentary, and we're in the early production stages of working on a travel show series with me as the host. So it's kind of like a dip. I see the end of the documentary rainbow, but I'm also just as excited knowing that there's a strong possibility my dream's going to come true and I'm going to get to travel and fingers crossed get paid for it. Yeah. That, that's the so, dream, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, why not? Let's see what happens. So going back to your trip that you went and, and left on um, right after our last interview, I gave you a huge long list of places to go and visit. I know. Your, your I know. Trip. Were you able to go to any of them? Just curious. You know, no I had, I had my list and I was not able to because I wanted to go to Goblin State. I wanted to go to Goblin. I wanted to go to that restaurant. But things, as you guys probably, you know, especially traveling with your family, you have one idea in mind. Yeah. You know, you try not to be overscheduled. Like, okay, this, this, this is going to happen. But things happen and you kind of have to be able to go with the flow. Um, so <laughs> we had a big event happen Um we're fortunate enough to get uh, a loaner from Go RVing for the RV that we were going to use on the trip. Um, but we were going to pick it up at a certain time in a certain place. And because of, you know, uh, things beyond our control, more on their end, we had to switch where we picked up the RV. So we basically had to come in one place and drive to another place and practically reloop, kind of doubling back on our trip. Mm. So, uh, our time was a little bit more crunched than we originally thought. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. Which happens a ton in traveling, I feel like. No matter like yeah. how well you plan, it's like, oh wait, there there's not enough time. Well, that's one of the things we stress exactly. we stress with people is, you know, always expect the unexpected and and you have to have that mindset that there's something's gonna change, something's gonna be different yeah. than what you have planned for sure. Yeah, it's definitely a practice of your flexibility because, you know, if, if you're that if you're that set on things going that way, you're going to just really ruin your trip and probably your own mind as far as thinking like it has to be a certain way. So you're traveling with a crew and this is going to sound terrible, but has there ever been a time where like somebody on the crew, including yourself, has just been like done? Like things just did not go as planned and was just like super annoyed and did not want to talk to anybody. And yet you're still in the car for like another seven hours for the day. 
you know, I have to say, like, I don't know if I've just been super lucky. Like, I'd, I'd already been traveling with Thomas for these last few trips since 2014. So I already knew, like, I've known him since high school. So we've already had a relationship, which has been helpful as friends. Right. So I already knew that our relationship was, you know, we're honest enough with each other. But the other person that I added, I mean, I say crew like it's a lot, but it was only me and two other people, but they're still my crew. So um, I've added his wife, Sarah. Um, who's also a cinematographer. So I think my main concern was, are they going to be okay as a couple? Being a married <laughs> couple on the road with, that, you know. Like, that's a high concern. <laughs> yeah, you know, the dynamics of the three of us um, on the road like that. And they're, you know, they're newlyweds. But I have to say, like, one of the best moments of the trip was the time that we spent together. Like, there, like, I think people probably got hangry. Like, there were moments where, like, I got to eat. Like, I'm going to have to eat or someone's head's going to get torn off. But right. you know, there was enough space, I think, for each other to just kind of, if you needed a moment. But, like, I, we've, like, we hugged and cried when we left. I mean, it was, it was a good experience. That was definitely something I was really grateful for on that trip. That's good. One, yeah. of, the, one of the things I want to touch base on, so you brought up the travel show. Uh, that going in production. Are you, is that something you share with us as far as format and what your plan is for that? Um, well, I was actually in Palm Springs last week. There's this huge conference called um, the Alt Summit. Um, I would say it's geared towards podcasters, bloggers, um, influencers, which I know is a word a lot of people don't necessarily. I mean, I don't know what other words you can call them, influencers. Right. <laughs> um, but we went there to try to get some feedback for the show. Jen had been there before, but it's just a great place, place to network. They have workshops, seminars, and those sort of things. Um, so... Right now, we're calling this show My Dear America um, because it's technically the premise was it's a love letter, my love letter to the country, like all the things that are wonderful about it, all the things that I'm concerned about and want to see change. Um, So we're still in the process of trying to decide if it's going to be a web based series um, or if we're just going to try to pitch it directly to networks, uh, because our main thing is we just want to see travel from someone else's perspective. Right. So like just think of like I don't know like we say it's like it's like a black female version of Anthony Bourdain like we're not <laughs> like it's not going to be fluffy but it's going to be beautiful I want to have real conversations with people about the real things that are happening in their lives and really just provide a platform for like the everyday people and places you know that call America home I'm going to say we're looking about an hour maybe like three segments of you know of three different places or people but, you know, just kind of like, these are the facts. I'm not going to try to sway anybody. It's not really going to be a political show in that sense, but you just want to see something different. Right. You yeah. know? No, for sure. The other question I have is, so what you, you went on this big 12 state tour. What, yeah. What is, what are some of the best places, your favorite places that you went? Um, and uh, what's some of the best food you had on your trip? Always back to the food. Yes. <laughs> I'm hungry. best places um you know again it's it's one of those crazy things like you guys probably know like you could take you could take a wrong turn off of a road or like just see some weird little spot and everyone's like "Ooh, ooh, ooh, stop stop we gotta stop you know and the brakes go way beyond the point that they should people get whiplash and you're like okay like what did you just see um so there were places like that on the side of the road but um like what the places that stand out the west coast coming down you know the pacific coast highway everyone has to do it i mean yeah. even if you're just driving the west coast is so different than the east coast visually you know seeing the moon out there when the sky's changing at night unbelievable yeah um, we went to this place called trees and mystery which was a place that my grandparents had gone to and it's like that i don't know if i think i mentioned it was like that big paul bunyan and that blue the ox the blue ox yeah yeah this crazy like side like it was really right on the side of the road like i thought it would be back in the middle no it was like right you couldn't miss it <laughs> but even behind that there were like it's you take this tour and then you could like take a tram through the trees like an airway tram through the trees i mean it was it was unbelievable and they have this um there's this part back there in the trees and mystery where it's maybe like four redwood trees that kind of combine at the trunk and then they separate up to the top and they play, um, I can't remember the name of the song. 
it's a song about a tree and it's going to be real obvious to me when I <laughs> later on. But they play the music there and they call that part the chapel and people get married because it's just that big at the bottom of the trunk. Oh, goodness. And I was I just sat there and Thomas was like, OK, we're going to have to move it along. But I was like, I, next time I get married, I'm getting married here. I was like, I don't know if everyone else is going to go along with it. But I was like, hey, it's, my, it's my wedding. Like, what are they going to say? Do you show up or you don't? Yeah, exactly. Um, and food wise, we try to do pretty good um, once we had the camper uh, to, you know, just have a lot of groceries. And I mean, it was a lot of sandwich making and that sort of thing. But um, Santa Fe, for sure. Best food. If you like spicy, oh yeah, green chili. I was like, whatever's got green chili, I want it. Let's do this. <laughs> That's awesome. We're I'm from actually... Arizona, and so I definitely cook with green chilies a lot because we're close yeah. to that. And right. we are going through Santa Fe, and so yeah. it's like good. That's the place that we can eat. Oh, I yeah, I could give you a whole rundown on Santa Fe, especially if you guys are taking the kids. You have to go to Meow Wolf. Meow Wolf. Yeah. We'll be there. What is Meow Wolf? I know. Does it matter? It sounds cool. Let's just go. (laughs) I was like, I wasn't sure if you guys knew what it was because when Tom Thomas mentioned it to me, I'm like, Meow Wolf, like cat meow dog wolf. But it's, um, I guess the best way to explain it is it's like a like an immersive art museum, okay, um, or scenario. Um, I haven't done like the escape room sort of things, but it's. I think the venue, not the venue, but the idea, the concept changes perhaps, but it's just a group of artists. They create these amazing installations where you can practically walk in and be involved. Like I went through a refrigerator door to go to the other side and I went through a dryer. I mean, kids would love it. Like it's great for adults because you could be a kid, but it's just the, it's just like your wildest imagination like times a thousand. So I, I, you That's say awesome. that and I'm kind of thinking like Alice in Wonderland type of. It is. It is. It's yeah. like Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you, but I think of the, the, the other idea is that there's a story. Like if you had the time to kind of go through and, you know, see what the clues are, I think there's supposed to be some sort of story to it, but just the craftsmanship and the ideas that people have come up with. It's, I mean, you'll definitely go in there your mind would be completely blown away by the stuff people come up with. That's awesome. Yeah. What's, yeah, what's, you gotta do that. yeah. So you went to Santa Fe, uh, you went to Grand Canyon, correct? Yes. How was that? It was great. Grand Canyon was great. Um, I, I still didn't get a chance to go uh, ziplining like I wanted to on the <laughs> one part, but it's just like, okay, you can only go to so many things. But um, I had been to the Grand Canyon a long time ago, but, you know, it didn't matter. It's just one of those places where you just can't, your mind can't comprehend how something like this is created and just the idea that it was here way before we were. Yeah. And it's going to be here way after we are. And just just the vastness of it and the colors and all the different people that come to see this place. And it's just, it's it's unbelievable. It is, and it's crazy to think that it was created by this stream of water. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so, so you had to. I know if originally you were going to Vegas to pick up the RV, so you had to switch yeah. some stuff around. So, yeah. what kind of what was the loop that you ended up ch- uh, switching around? I know you were going to Idaho, uh, northern Idaho, uh, over to Glacier National Park. Did you were you still able to make that? Yeah, so what ended up happening was we kind of started on the West Coast and went to Vegas and then had to re-loop all the way back north. Mm, gotcha. So, like, if you could, like, it was like one big S on its side. Mm, okay. Right. Green. Yeah, because we flew into Seattle, um, and then from there we went to the main stops were Olympia, Washington. Uh, then we went to Pacific City Beach in Oregon. Uh, then we did the Trees of Mystery and um, came down the coast in California and then from there, that's when we headed to Vegas to pick up the RV. Um, and then from Vegas, that's where we headed back up north. So then we went to uh, Bonners Ferry, Idaho. And then that's when we hit over to, to Glacier Park in Montana and then kind of worked our way back down to Yellowstone. Um, and uh, yeah, but that's that's kind of what it was. It was like a an S on its side, if you can imagine. So Glacier or Yellowstone, which one? which one was your favorite? I don't think I could answer that honestly. I feel like there's a lot more potential for Glacier because when we went to the park, 
um, there was a very small portion of it that was open. So people could only go to the mouth of Lake McDonald. Mm. So that's all we were able to see. Um, was that but as for far fire as, reasons or for snow or? Um, no, it was so, it, I mean, I'm not, in, I'm not on the side of global warming, but we sure lucked up when we were there because it was warm. It yeah. was warm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so that was great that the weather was unseasonably warm, but um, I think they oh, they had a fire. Part okay. of the reason was that they had a fire. So part of the roads was closed off for that. And then I also think they were doing construction. So everyone, like it didn't matter who you were because I was originally concerned about the length of our vehicle because they only provide a certain length of vehicle that could take the main road. Um, oh, but it, it, it didn't matter anyway, because everyone, car, bicycle, whatever, well, maybe not bicycle, but as far as any vehicle, the um, Lake McDonald was as far as you could go. Which is a pretty lake if you've not been to a glacier. Yeah. Going to the Sun Road is is something that needs to be on your list. So Yeah, we'll it, have to go back. We've already got, said we'll have to go back so yeah. we can experience that trip. Because I've done both Glacier and Yellowstone, and they both have cool things about them. But yeah. Glacier was less touristy. Okay. Uh, where Yellowstone, you know, it's very touristy. Some crazy stuff in Glacier that you, I mean, just don't get to see in Yellowstone. But I also feel like Glacier's for more hardcore people. I haven't been to Glacier. I've been to touristy Yellowstone. But, like, okay. when you see people going to Glacier, like... It's backpacks and tents, and you're backpacking yeah. in, you backpack out, and it's intense. Yeah, because it's less tourists. Yeah, yeah like it's it's very much um, you can get everywhere you need to with car, but then you're okay. everything's a hike in Glacier. Um, it's yeah. not like Yellowstone where you just get out and walk the boardwalk. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so even yeah, the, you don't have to, you have to carry a backpack for the boardwalk. Exactly. So uh, that that's a lot of fun. Um, the, oh, the, I will, go ahead. I, one thing though yeah. the one thing it, it, it definitely was touristy in Yellowstone again because the weather was so unseasonably warm like mm. it was it was really pretty bananas um because I think a lot of people otherwise wouldn't be there maybe I don't know but um that particular night that we were at Yellowstone um I think we may have been there for two nights but it was um I forgot the name of the meteor shower but it was a big meteor shower so Tom is doing all the stuff that he does, like on his computer, like with the light pollution. He found like some spot <laughs> on the mat that had the least amount of uh, light pollution. So we got up around 3.30 or so, so we could be in this particular spot around 4 when they expected the meteor shower to be at its height. And that, like, like with anything with traveling, like that's a have to see on someone's list is seeing the night sky somewhere where there's no light pollution, especially for a meteor shower, like as... There was only so many times I could go, wow, wow. I was like, all right, this is, I mean, the wow factor is already off the chain. But it was uh, to be out there, you know, feeling like you were out there by yourself and seeing these millions of stars. And, I mean, it felt like you were in a planetarium. And because we were up so early, that was a good thing. We were able to kind of start that loop in Yellowstone before everyone else I mean, eventually it felt like they caught up to us when we, you know, stopped and did things. But it felt nice to have the park kind of to yourself in the beginning, in the morning time. Well, with the light pollution situation, too, uh, there is a place in Idaho <laughs> uh, yeah. called Bruno Sand Dunes. And hmm. uh, it's these giant sand dunes. The tallest standalone sand dune in North America is in, is there. Really? But they have an observatory out there. And it's actually one of the few places that is called, it's called like a blackout zone or something like that. But it's yeah. where there's the like least amount of, of uh, light pollution. Um, and it's one of the best places to go out and see the nighttime sky. Um, we actually yeah. did that once when we stayed we, at Bruno Stanley's because you can camp there yeah. and then you can go to their observatory at night and they have like all these really great programs and things that that was really yeah. gorgeous. And, and they give you a black light and you can go around and find scorpions that glow and like they glow in the when you hit him with the, the with the black light, it's pretty cool. But uh, okay, yeah. that's going on the list. Yeah, su super, <laughs> super. I mean, there's zero light pollution. It's insane. <laughs> but that brings me to one of my questions because you mentioned the weather was unseasonably warm in Yellowstone. It's not. So I saw a map 
once that said, if you want to travel in 70 degree weather year round, this is, this is the map and the route that you take, which that's my type of road trip, right? Like good weather all year round. But because if you're doing a sideways S, there's no way you're going to hit great weather. And you, you went partly in the winter, didn't you? Or all of it in the winter? It was, it was, was, we left on October 7th and came back on the 30th, October 30th. So like, I mean, we were expecting there to be snow like that we were going to be walking through at some point or definitely freezing temperatures, but you, you lucked I, out. We, I mean, we, we truly lucked out. I was like, this isn't good for the environment, but gosh, darn, it's great well, for us. Well, <laughs> and, and the reason I say you lucked out is because uh, back, back home, they actually set records this year with snow, uh, snowfall. And, um, but not in October. <laughs> not in October, but uh, yeah. in yeah, December, January, February, March, they um, they had like a hundred inches of snow in a uh, one month period um, in parts of Idaho. So well, and especially because uh, <laughs> if you're going through Montana, like up to Glacier, like they get buried in snow every year. I was expecting you to be like, yeah, we went to this one place and we were like dredging through with our snow boots. And then the next time we were like in Tucson, Arizona, and we were like shedding off all our layers. So was it hard to go from place to place or was it pretty mild? I would say actually, I mean, I think on average, I would say the average temperature throughout all the places was probably 60 degrees. So you did the road trip that I want to go on. That's yeah, perfect. I mean, she I, said 60, I, not 70. That's close. <laughs> I mean, Vegas was definitely hot. There were some places where it was saying, like, okay, like, I'm ready to shed the socks and put some put these flip-flops on. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think I only put my little packable, you know, that you can, the little packable down coats. I only put that on when we were in Yellowstone in the morning. Uh, yeah, it was it was it was bizarre because I think we all had packed, you know, some sort of boot for the for the snow and some heavier stuff. But I mean, there were moments we were in tank tops and flip flops. And, you know, that's like you said, that's the thing about packing for these kind of trips. Like you have to feel like you have to take everything if you're going to be out in different. Uh, you have to be prepared for all yeah, weather. It wasn't bad at all. So then did you go through Utah at all? We did. We totally did. Yeah, we did go through Utah, and I don't know why I'm spacing. I had to bring my notes because I'm just like, it was such a big trip. Oh, duh. We went to Great Salt Lake. Okay. My, there, was a, there was a picture of my um, cousin at the, um, what was it? Not, what do they call it? The Sultan Palace. Yeah. It's really, yeah. So they, I have a photo of that and my cousin sitting on a rock. So um, we did go there. And even that, like, I wanted to go to one of the salt flats and we didn't have time, but I was like, that alone was a salt flat at the Salt and Palace. And we just kind of kept walking out and it was, it was just crazy. Like, it, it I, is. It's, it's huge. It, it's like, it's huge. And it's just like it, the, the building alone is such a bizarre, it just seems like such a strange structure in the middle of nowhere, but then there's mountains on the other like side and then, the park, and, <laughs> and then again, the people the people that you see and these places that seem out of the way to you when we when we first parked there we were like the only car parked and um by the time we got back because we flew a drone and some other stuff out there i mean it was a literal busload of people and like the entire parking lot was full and i'm just like like how do you, like what are you guys doing out here like <laughs> <laughs> but i mean it was great that people were willing you know to take a bus trip to come out there to see these things so. how how was the smell at the salt air palace last time i was there i was probably 14 <laughs> and it stunk yeah you know it's not you wouldn't make an air freshener out of it yeah that's <laughs> it's still important i mean like you know it's i mean i just feel like these trips are one big science trip you know this yeah. is like or else are you going to experience like this actual salt or seeing like the decomposed bodies of whatever small unfortunate animal soul that you know lived their last moments out there but to see like a whole skeleton of some small animal out there is just you know and the, the little bit of water that was out there it was interesting so when you did you finish your trip in um santa fe or where did you finish your trip um, we finished our trip back in Las Vegas because part of our original plan was that we were going to leave out of um, El Paso, okay. Texas, because we did go to Texas. Um, I mean, that was a quick blip in there to Guadalupe uh, Mountains National Park. But um, so the plan was to kind of make it a one-way trip 
like fly in one place and leave out the other, which we still ended up doing, but we were going to leave out of El Paso, but we had to get back to Las Vegas because we ended up renting from another company because the loaner wasn't available. So we had to get it back to Las Vegas. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. We kind of eased up on the travel, travel gurus and spent, you know, a little fabulous little night in Vegas, had some nice drinks and, you know, did some people watching. Did you win any money? No, I think I put about $5 in the machine. That's, that's about as far as I'll go. That's good that you're able to stop. Some people can't. (laughs) Plus it wouldn't look good for, you know, for me to put our, put our money in the slot machine and I've got two people I still had to pay. Right, so exactly. I was going to win. <laughs> well, if you won, they would have gotten raises. So I'm sure they were like, $5 <laughs> right. is fine. Yeah. That's true. That's true. So do you have any more uh, trips planned here in the near future? Uh, so in May, we are going to take what I'm calling our last trip from Maryland to Maine. Uh, and that would actually be retracing my grandparents' first trip that they took in 1965. Um, so that's what we're going to be doing. We're getting the loaner again for that from Go RVing. I'm still trying to decide or try to figure out how many more people might go on this trip. Because um, I picked up a producer for this film, uh, Crystal, who actually was part of this fellowship with uh, Docs in Progress Fellowship. So she wanted to be in on in on the gig and be the producer. So she wanted to come, and I might ask Jen and Dave, um, who I'm working with on the show, to come along. But that's the plan. We'll leave um, from Maryland and go to Maine, and that'll cover all the travel. We're going to go to Michigan in August, but other than that, that you know, Michigan would be the only place that we're going to go in August. So you, and that'll be it. So when, when we talked last, your your hope was to. Uh, have this up on the big screen hopefully at the end of the year this year is that something that is still feasible or or where are you you Uh, out in production well here's the thing my full-time job as lucky as I have had to have it and pay for some things it's holding me up man it's like (laughs) you know because everyone else is freelance so they have the time to kind of um, I mean not that they've got time but they could you know adjust their schedule but I'm gonna say by March 2020, because um, we kind of had an invitation to be able to show it somewhere by then. Okay. So um, I'm going to say it might have been pretty ambitious to say the end of this year. So I'm going to say springtime next year is when we're going to start cranking it out. Well, springtime's a great, great time to do that because uh, yeah. I think it will inspire people to get, you know, their summer get out travels and get moving. Exactly. So, yeah. That's what I want. I want people to get out and get moving because I've realized every time I go away on these trips, I mean, you know, we all want to come home and get in our own bed after a while. But, you know, I I feel I feel like I'm thriving. I feel I definitely feel the difference that I'm thriving when I'm on the road and I sleep better. All the stress that I had at home, you know, magically disappears. Um, so, I, yeah, I want everyone to just go out there, like drop all those excuses and reasons and just take a trip out there, meet some people. I think Ashley, you'll agree with me, but sometimes those trips can be really stressful, but it's a different kind of stress when you're you're trying to get the family together and get it's not always a good stress though. You say that like, Oh, it's a good kind of stress. Like (laughs) to like pack everybody and make sure that you have everything and all the clothes for all the seasons that you'll need. I, I probably, I'm very organized, but I can guarantee you, I forget something on every trip, every time. Like there's always like somebody's toothbrush got left or I was missing jackets for this kid or like something, something always went wrong. And so, yes, it is for me, especially it's very stressful to get onto the road and it no, takes me I a good like, right. And I'm, I'm the person on the road that's like, nobody wants to talk to you for like two hours until I can decompress <laughs> and like figure out where I'm going. Cause everybody get in the car and did you go to the bathroom? And no, we're not stopping. We just got in the car and like, I need like two hours before I can be like, okay, we're on it. We made it. Who cares about the toothbrush that got left at home? We can buy one when we're there. We ran out of gas. You know, <laughs> no, no, we care about that. Things. And then if we can just go and and then I can finally relax and enjoy. Well, and, and I guess what I mean like this different part of stress is there's not a lot of situations where your finals in college you're not going. Mm-hmm. So glad I went through that stress. That was totally worth it. <laughs> where <laughs> every time every time the trip's over. And you come back and get to reflect. You're like, I'm glad that we did that. 
the yeah. kids really enjoyed it. I'm glad that we were able to experience that. It there has been rare. one trip where I was like, that was kind of not my favorite. And that was the gas trip, right? <laughs> really? No, I can't. Where was I? It was somewhere. It was several years ago, but I just remember coming home and just being like, it wasn't a stress reliever. It was just, and I think it had been like a quick trip and maybe I had just oh. been in my stress mood like the entire time of like, what is wrong with you people? Like, just get in the car. Well, and you weren't with me. So oh, there you go. No, no. Someday we'll talk about our Yellowstone trip with you and I, and we'll talk about when you and I traveled. That, that was, one was not so wonderful. It was wonderful. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you finished that trip. You got t- uh, one more trip to go up to yeah. Maine. This is a trip I want to take, by the way, to yeah. go to Maryland to Maine. Like that coast is one. I haven't hit any of those states besides New York. And so. Me either, which is crazy. Yeah. And I mean, and they're you all. you in Maryland your whole life. Yeah. 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 <laughs> New York. Yeah, and it's like those states are all close together until you really start driving it. But like Maine really is at the tip. Yeah. So where are you stopping on this part of the trip? Uh, so I don't remember everything right now. That's the other thing. It's like I get travel brain and like, wait, what? Where did I go? Huh? <laughs> um, I can tell you in Maine, I know for sure we're going to Old Orchard Beach, which is where that picture is from with uh, my whole family, my mom and my grandparents and my aunts in the bathing suits that I use for the um for the for the film so that was old orchard beach maine there are actually a couple of parks i'm spacing on right now but i know they did see plymouth rocks i remember you know my grandparents i think my parents have been there too and they're like they had this great idea like this thing's going to be some huge you know piece of something that and it's like they're like don't get your hopes up for it that's the one thing they have plymouth rock. Like, it's really just a little tiny <laughs> little tiny rock so so i think that's one of the oh miles standish Miles Standish uh, State Park is one of the places in Massachusetts. I'm kind of spacing right now on that because I need to. I really do need to start looking at that because I planned on making that trip years ago. Mm-hmm. So like, one of those things, like in my mind, like all that stress had already gone through to organize it. Like, okay, these are the places I need to go. So like I set it aside. And then you got to pull it back out and compartmentalize yeah. it all, right? Yeah. Like, I'm going to have to do that today because I'm like, oh, it's April already. Like, it's time to, you know, like you said, Ashley, like, there's a lot, there's so much stress that goes into it because you want to make it, like, the best trip or make sure you don't forget anything or, like, you're routing it right because especially when you have other people involved and you're like, oh, well, this trip's only, we could do this trip in four days. And then you're like, oh, wait, I totally didn't realize that's not going to happen because it's actually... 800 miles and unless we're going to be driving not and stop all day like that's not really feasible and then someone's like wait what were you thinking about and you're like oh <laughs> well and you're in charge of it all too so it's not like there's any yeah. pressure i went to new york last year with um, some friends of mine and we were a little bit nervous traveling together because you know everyone's got different travel personalities and yeah. so we each have very distinct we're kind of like what's going to happen but they kind of just were like you plan it and we'll just follow you around and I was like I'm good with that because then I don't have any pressure and they each had like one or two places they wanted to go but then I was like uh, I found this bagel shop that I want to stop at and it's like six blocks we're walking like and they just followed me around which was great but I also yeah. felt that pressure of like if it's terrible it's all on you <laughs> Yeah, like if it goes bad, it's you. Great, if it's great, it's on you. But it's like, yeah, there's. I feel like on this the last trip, I totally missed something, and um, Sarah had to call me because she was like, uh, "Do you realize such and such?" And I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like I've been over this map and this schedule like fifty times. I totally missed it, and it it, it would have it was a complete screw up. I mean, like I I didn't even see it. Well, it's always nice to always have somebody who's double checking, yeah. double checking your stuff. That's yeah. you. So next time I forget a toothbrush, I'm going to blame it on you. Okay. <laughs> oh, I already know I'm going to miss stuff. I just, I just finally just, you know, turned the skin. Surrender to it. Turned the skin and said, you know what? I'm going to forget something. So yeah. most things you could buy if you had to. So it's, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We've got a couple of questions for you. Our, okay. our three gone tripping questions. So one, uh, what's been your biggest travel fail? As much travel as you've been doing, I'm sure there's a bunch of them. But what would you say is the the biggest travel fail that you're like, oh, man, that totally did not go the way that we thought it would? I don't know. Have I just been that lucky? I mean, I don't know. I have to find some wood to knock on. But probably that last scenario, that was definitely just because it was my pride. I just you know thought I was pretty organized or could see things pretty clearly. But 
I totally missed it. Like I thought something was going to be like a, a couple hours of a drive. Like it was like a 12, 13 hour drive and we had to be somewhere the next day. So yeah, yeah I was like, wow. Like I, I, it took me a while to get over that because it did, it did include um, rescheduling some stuff and getting other hotels and losing money on one and losing a reservation. Cause I, I just was not, I don't know. I Miss, guess I just missing out on, on Goblin park. Valley state park and the Wigwam <laughs> motel. You know, those things, so. <laughs> but I think that you're actually the first person who's brought up having to, like, lose money and stuff. But that's true. That happens all the time where it's just sometimes that happens and you just, you got to walk away from it because it's not going to you work. Can, yeah, you can dwell yeah. on it for a long time. Yeah. I think the other thing that was, well, yeah, I mean, that was another, I guess I've forgotten about it. But as part of this last trip, too, I lost money on flights. I mean, for the three of us, because I didn't get refundable tickets because I'm like, oh, well, this trip is solid. Like, yeah. there's no right. there's no change in this. And because of the situation with the RV, like, no, we're not flying out of El Paso anymore. We got to fly out of Vegas. So it's like I had to eat the cost of those tickets. By the time if, if you did pay the change fee, you could have bought a whole new ticket. So it's like, forget it. Like, that's just going to be money down the drain. Right. So our next contribution question is where has been your favorite place to go? And we know that you've been on these huge road trips, but can you pick like maybe one destination that has been the best? I'm going to say Santa Fe probably sticks out in the top of my mind because it's beautiful. It's such a unique town. Um, we got a chance to go to these, um, to this spa. It's called 10,000 Waves. I had the most incredible solo relaxing time for the least amount of money um and it was a japanese spa i was able to rent for like 90 minutes this whole like hot tub cold waterfall sauna situation that was private all to myself for like 50 bucks i was like what you can't do that anywhere else i'm like yeah santa fe but i mean it's just one of those towns it's so enchanting because it just doesn't it doesn't look like any place you've ever been so it's, it's like that always stands out to me in my mind. It's interesting that you use the word enchanting because uh, New Mexico is the, the land, land of enchantment. Of enchantment. So, oh, I know, right? And I go. saw that and I was like, oh, well, that's why they say that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is. It's, it's, really a, it's really a special place. And the West Coast, I mean, you just can't go wrong with the Pacific Coast. I mean, it's just beautiful. Amen to that. Yeah, we'd agree with that. <laughs> Not, I mean, we do like the East Coast, but we're, we're West Coast people at heart. <laughs> yes, for sure. No, it's, it's hard to give up that dedication to the East Coast, but it's just like, ah, I just want both. I just want both. I'm just going to have to have a bicultural life. That's exactly, all. <laughs> exactly. So the other question is, and the last question, what is the one place that you still have on your list, your bucket list of, I want to go and see this. I want to go here. In the country or in the world? In the world. Whatever you would like. Okay. Well, here's, here's my thing. I think I can remember if I mentioned it on our last, last talk, but I'm a huge marine biology nerd on the inside because that is what I first started to go to school for. Mm -hmm. um, but I want to go to the Maldives to see the bioluminescent jellyfish. Ooh. Oh, that's but, cool. But in our research for our episodes for the travel show, did you know that Puerto Rico also has a place? There's some there's some place there as well that you can see bioluminescent jellyfish. And I think it's brighter than the one in the Maldives. I'm like, oh, really? oh, why do I have to go that far? Yeah. I can just go you can fly into Puerto Rico way cheaper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, that's. I would still love to go to the Maldives to see it there, but I mean, I'm just as excited to go to Puerto Rico and let people know you don't have to go all the way to the Maldives to see this. Yeah, no, that's way cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They they showed it in the life. Did you guys see the Life of Pi? That oh movie? man, it's been a while, but yeah, I saw it. I did not. Yeah. Oh, okay, because that's kind of where they showed it. He was in a boat in the canoe, and it, like the whole ocean was lit up at night by these jellyfish. And like, to me, I would complete, I know I would completely lose my mind. Seeing that. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming back on and updating us on your trip and your new show that's going to come out and just keeping in touch with like letting us follow along on your journey. It's been awesome. Yeah. We can't wait yeah. to see the finished product. Thanks. I mean, I, I'm just excited to tell people about it. I'm just excited that people want to know. So thanks for having me and, and thanks for sticking along with me on this, this journey because it's definitely been a journey. But <laughs> and thanks for what you're doing. Thanks for getting people out there and telling them, you know, it's something they should do. I am 
gone tripping. It was great to get that update from Carla again. Go back to episode 37 uh, and listen to her original episode and really get the full detail of what she's doing and the project she's working on. It's awesome. That's it's. I can't wait to see your documentary. I know. Uh, same here. So one of the things that uh, was really interesting how, again, things never go the way that you want them to go. <laughs> and uh, I thought that uh, it was interesting how she had to deal with that on that almost 30 day trip. Well, but that's just the point of like the longer the trip, the more you probably are going to have to deal with that. Exactly. Exactly. Sometimes we don't always get to go on long trips, but we can do staycations and I'm a big fan of staycations. In fact, when Carla was talking about the salt palace, salt Mm -hmm. air palace, I realized that I lived in Salt Lake and in Utah for seven years and I never went. So you've never been to the Salt Lake? No. And I was sitting there like, oh yeah, that's one of those other things that I just miss. So once I started moving around a lot, because I lived in what four different states in 10 years, Mm -hmm. that I really tried to be good about seeing what was around me so that when I left, I didn't feel like I had missed out on something like, you know, going to see the Great Salt Lake. And so I'm a big proponent of staycations and we are here too on the podcast so that we can get people out and you know, you don't have to spend a ton of money always to be able to see things and do things with your family. So in this month's magazine for Costco Connection, (laughs) which is such a fancy magazine, um, in April 2019, they actually had an article on staycations and they had some tips. So I thought maybe I'd share some of their tips. So in the article, they have some that I feel like are are pretty good ideas. And then some that are maybe not my favorite tips. (laughs) So as we go through, you can tell me if you think that these are legit tips, like this is actually printed in the article or um, maybe they weren't. Okay. Create a backyard living room complete with furniture, outdoor carpeting, fire feature, and a barbecue. For a staycation? Yeah. Um, I'd rather just instead of create a fake living room because you have a living room do uh, like a campfire in the backyard and make it more like a campfire rather than with like, a tent how about playing lawn games you know like volleyball badminton croquet do you think that should be part of your staycation i wouldn't consider that a staycation. in your backyard i don't see that, that to me is not a staycation that's like uh it's like a regular Saturday afternoon. Yeah, it's something you should be doing on it's a It's family basis. time. Yeah. I agree. I thought that was a terrible one for as far as staycation goes. Yeah. Here's the next terrible one. Wait, as so was that a real one? That had? was a real one. Okay. In fact, these probably will all be real ones. And we're just going <laughs> to talk about how terrible some of them are. <laughs> Making dining an adventure, which, okay, I feel like we get more adventurous when we travel, right? Yeah. But this is what they say. You can recreate the experience of travel dining in the comfort of your own home. Have fun cooking a new cuisine. And I thought, that's not very fun. For a staycation, I don't want to cook. (laughs) I don't want to do dishes. I think they just mislabeled this. To me, a staycation is when you stay within your like geographical town. Or Or state. Or area. Yeah. Where, um, you know, you're within, you're within 30 to 45 minutes of your home. Um, this but you're not like, staying at th- home. It sounds like it's like you're staying at your house and I know. vacationing, well, see, pretending. The article is called Staying Put, but it does say, have you ever played tourist in your own town? So, yeah. I, but I don't feel like all of these are good. So yeah. then they talk about um, learning a new skill. And I also don't feel like that's part of being on a staycation. See, yeah. Well, like with the, going back to the food one, because, you know, I talk about food. Right. I feel like that's something, again, that you just do, you know, one night a week, we tries different food but to me if you're in a staycation it's like okay we're gonna take the kids to a thai restaurant where they've never been or yeah something but it's here in town yeah so i wasn't a big fan of this article however they do have like actual tips on the side now these i felt like were a little bit more akin to what we were talking about at actual staycations in our minds although some of them Some of them I thought were pretty funny. Let people know that you're taking a vacation. Politely ask them to contact you only if it's really important. And I thought, (laughs) who's going to do that? Like, are you going to post on Facebook and be like, I'm taking a staycation. Nobody contact me. Like, I feel like I'd get more people contacting me when I do that than less. Yeah, I just probably don't have enough people contacting me, so it wouldn't be an issue. (laughs) Um, They said, don't let work creep in. Leave work laptops behind, which I thought was an excellent tip that, that I agree with. They said, keep the itinerary simple, organize just a half day's worth of activities, and then relax the second half of the day, which I think is good whenever you travel. Like, I don't think you should overpack any trip. Yeah. I mean, I, I get that, but uh, I'm also one that like, it's like, well, if I'm going to be driving by, I might as well stop. So 
I probably pack a little bit more into a trip than most people would like. <laughs> most people? Am, am I most people? Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> this one is look for freebies and discounts, which I think is always a great idea. It says that this one member, because again, we're reading from the Costco <laughs> the Costco magazine here, people were classy, said that they purchased discount gift cards at Costco for Build-A-Bear Workshop and iFly, which is the indoor skydiving attraction, yeah. which I thought was brilliant. Like go and like try and find ways that you can still experience things. So this is interesting because I figure, you know, coming from Costco magazine, they, their staycation tips would be, if I was the, the writer for this, is to stop at a local Costco and get the cheapest meal in town of a hot dog. Which is drink. actually what we did on our road trip when we moved yeah. out here is we feed our kids just sometimes they'll eat something and then like two hours later they won't touch it. And so we were sick of spending money on food. And so we would stop at Costco's. Yeah. Like I think we stopped at three yeah. on a road trip out here because we just got them all a hot dog and drink for $1.50 each. Yeah. And we're like, you eat it, but we're leaving in 20 minutes. Like <laughs> this is what you get. No, actually, so I think that the lady who writes this article writes a series of travel articles because Costco has their own travel stuff. And I actually, I do, I'm a frequent reader of the Costco connection (laughs) and they actually have some good stuff, but I just thought that their staycation ones, maybe she was lacking a little bit on some material there with some of it. Staycation is not doing something in your own house. It's doing something in your, the area you live in. I I agree. Yeah. So I think it's too hard to be at home on staycation and not get things done on your list of things to do. Like yesterday was a little bit of a staycation for us where we went to that uh, barbecue. We did. We went to a barbecue competition. Yes. This is the second time we've been to it and it's all about barbecue wings and we love it. Yeah. It was delicious. There were 60 plus different kinds of wings. So there are lots of different vendors with a lot of different items to sell and then the wing competition and it was just a big community event. It was really nice. Jewelry. Yes. And everyone had samples. Bless samples. Yeah. Those are our favorites. Speaking of Costco. (laughs) Yes. Bless Costco too. (laughs) Yes. That's a staycation right there. Going to Costco and getting, uh, I should write for them. (laughs) Write an article about staycations. Well, those are our tips for your staycations. Check out the uh, local food at your Costco and Costco's across the country. Yeah. <laughs> Feel free to sample. See, our staycation tips are just as terrible as I this know, article. Right? <laughs> but we want to hear about your staycation. Reach out to us on Instagram or on Facebook or on our website at gontrimpodcast.com. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast if you liked what you heard. Yes. Thank you again for listening. Don't forget to share with your friends. Contripping my wagon near and I. Contripping reading the road signs. Contripping. One playlist at a time Gone tripping, odometers ticking My Mountain Dew and a Red Bull sipping I'm a road warrior on a mission You won't find me just sitting home wishing Cause I am gone tripping